Returning to business as usual after losing a favorite customer is brutal. And that has me pondering this place where love, community, and commerce coincide. I'm Shannon Hayes, and you're listening to episode 35 of The Hearth of Sapbush Hollow. Welcome to the Hearth of Sapbush Hollow, chronicles and lessons from a life tied to family, community, and the land. I'm Shannon Hayes, and I operate Sapbush Hollow Farm with three generations of my family in the northern Catskill Mountains in upstate New York. I'm the chef owner of Sapbush Cafe, a farm-to-table and neighbor-to-neighbor experience open Saturdays in our tiny hamlet of West Fulton, and I'm also the author of a few books, including Radical Homemakers, The Grass-Fed Gourmet, and forthcoming Redefining Rich, Achieving True Wealth with Small Business, Side Hustles, and Smart Living, due out from Ben Bella Books in August 2021. This podcast is the audio version of my blog, which can be found at sapbush.com or theradicalhomemaker.net. Immortals only. I'm wondering if I can fit the sign on our already cluttered front door. Lifetime commitment required should be added there too. Today's taking me by surprise. Sapbush Saturday is when I step lightly, dance in the kitchen, and shout joyfully to my customers. But I want to run from here. If Bob or the kids utter the name Ron, my eyes automatically fill with tears. Ron's daughters stop by to leave a photo on a shelf for me of him, eyes twinkling as he sits out front on the patio. Sersha and Ula place his coffee mug in front of it, along with several packets of sugars. I can't walk by this makeshift altar without crying. So I stick to business, stirring pancake batter, flipping eggs, frying burgers. Corby, Tom, and Will take the last remaining plexiglass-boothed seats at the bar. The patio out front fills up with intrepid regulars, Pat and Jim, Nick and Chris, Sarah and Dave. They come with down vests, scarves, and hats now. Masking is definitely not an issue. It keeps their faces warm. I'm seeing their plans unfold. I keep hanging out the open flag. They'll keep coming, even if I don't have indoor tables any longer. 
I know what they're bringing us this week is support, support for our business in the face of this pandemic, support for our family as we battle the sense of loss we're feeling over Ron's passing last week. But all I feel is pain. Their presence is like a knife in my gut. This is the first Saturday we have to acknowledge that Ron and Jeannie aren't going to come in the door and start raising hell. Ron's dead. Jeannie is so shattered, she can't bring herself to come in and sit amidst all the memories. And every time I look out at all those regulars, I dread losing any more of them. I need them here. And I hate needing them here. This is not business. This is the ruthless love and affection that has defined my family's livelihood from the get-go. And right now, it's a liability. I want to shutter the doors of this place, shoo them all away, and not follow them through their lives week by week. If I do this, I don't get to hear about their victories, discoveries, and pleasures. But I don't have to worry about them either. They can fade to distant memories before it's their time to slip away from this earth. I can ameliorate future suffering that way. (laughs) But of course, this is a business. And if I'm going to keep paying the taxes on the building and the taxes on the farm and the taxes on my house, then there needs to be a revenue stream. Business books counsel entrepreneurs to identify their ideal customer. So maybe it's time to clean house, rebrand, and bring in new, ideal customers. I'm not serving anyone else who expects to die someday, I announce from the back kitchen as Sersha passes me an espresso shot. She rolls her eyes. No more mortals, I tell Ula when she comes back to the kitchen. She shakes her head and hugs me. New business model, I tell Tom and Will at the bar. If you're planning to die, you're no longer welcome to eat here. I think you might experience a reduction in your revenue stream, Tom counsels. Then he orders a slice of cake. Corby stares me down with her gypsy gaze through her plexiglass shield. She leaves her tarot cards in her bag. I'm sending you a Sawin meditation, she tells me. She knows we're big on Sawin in our house. We use it as a time to give thanks for all the animals who feed us and support our livelihood. We use it as a time to commune with those who have gone before us. But Halloween is still a couple weeks out. You need it. Now, Corby says as she gets up to pay her bill. My quips are failing to temper my emotional state. Bob advises me to stuff hankies in my face mask to catch the snot and tears. As soon as we close... I bolt out the door, drive home, and hide under the covers with the dogs. I remain there until supper, vacantly stream a couple videos with Bob and the kids, then go back to hide under the covers. But the pre-dawn arrives, and I cannot convince my body to keep sleeping. I've grown used to these quiet, dark hours, and my body craves the conscious solitude, even if it means facing sadness. So I go downstairs, pull on my headphones, and listen to Corby's meditation. Dang, it's spooky. But it suits my mood. In it, she guides my mind down into the womb of the earth, 
asks me to confront ghost after ghost from my past until, at last, I'm brought face to face with death herself. There, the meditation instructs me to visualize kneeling before her and laying my head in her lap. In her lap? But I do it. There, for the first time in two weeks, I begin to feel peace. I don't know why exactly, except that I sense that my love of community doesn't end in this realm. It runs deep into the earth. It helps the ground to stay nourished and fertile and cycles down or up or out or whatever direction it might be to the afterlife where it readies itself for rebirth. But just as farming has required me to develop equanimity and gratitude for the passage of life to sustain life, so too does operating a community business require me to accept death as part of the work. The only permanence in this business is the impermanence, but the love and connection that we form vibrates out and cycles through all the realms. The worst thing about death is the fear that surrounds her. Release the fear and the despondence abates and the light of love shines through. I don't need to hide from the realities by ceaselessly laboring to a state of exhaustion or transforming my business to eliminate personal connection. I need to draw breath, do the work, keep love on the menu, and stop fearing the pain of loss. I still cannot walk past Ron's photo without blubbering like a fool. But I'm practicing so that I have a better handle on it this week. And in that practice, I stop and stare him down. My friend. My customer. My family. And at the same time that I confront my sorrow, I visualize death herself. And I visualize resting my head in her lap once more. This is what Samhain and All Souls and Halloween are all about. Getting to know death a little better. If I can do that, I will grow. And in that growth, all customers, for me, will become immortal. All right, here's the thing. 2020 has brought so much loss all over the planet. I don't think there's anyone who hasn't been touched this year. Our family has always celebrated Samhain on October 31st. It's a day when we give thanks for the animals who give their lives for our health. And it is a day when those who have gone before us are believed to come back for a visit. This year, Samhain falls on a Sapbush Saturday, and we would like to use that day at the cafe to honor the dead. We will have a Samhain altar set up there. If you are in town and you wish to add a photo or artifact of your year to the Samhain altar, please come by and do so. All prepared food sales from that day will be donated to Ron's family to help offset their medical expenses. If you're interested in exploring Corby's Samhain meditation that I mentioned this week, you can find it on her YouTube channel by searching for her name, Corby Midlide. That's C-O-R-B-I-E Midlide. M-I-T-L-E 
I-D. This podcast happens with the support of my patrons on Patreon, and this week I'd like to send a shout out to my patrons Jerry Bowers and Robin Becker. Thank you folks, I couldn't do it without you. If you'd like to support my work for as little as a dollar a month, please head on over to the Shannon Hayes page on Patreon and sign up. You'll have access to exclusive content, including back episodes of The Hearth of Satbush Hollow, and when the blog goes dormant for the winter, which will be happening after next week, you'll receive a chapter each week from my novel in progress, Angels and Stones. Don't worry, I'll make sure you have the back chapters so you won't be behind. Chapter releases will begin after the first of the year. Fall here in upstate New York is gorgeous, and so are our wool blankets. Each year, we send our fleeces to Prince Edward Island, where they're woven into the softest wool blankets you've ever felt. They're beautiful, machine washable, and they'll last for generations. We also have our wool processed into organic comforters and pillows. Wool bedding is naturally fire retardant, mold and mildew resistant, and it enables your skin to breathe easier and helps your body to thermoregulate better than downer synthetics. We can ship our wool bedding anywhere, so scroll on over to sapbushfarmstore.com and check them out. And by the way, it is time for our October comforter special. Buy any wool comforter and we will include a free wool pillow with your purchase. No coupon codes are necessary. Just buy the comforter before the end of the month and we will automatically include it. And while you're there, don't forget to explore our yarn. Our wool is uncarbonated, which means it isn't dipped in sulfuric acid prior to spinning, which is a common industrial mill practice in this country that strips the fibers of their lanolin. Rather, our fleeces are just washed in plain old soap and water prior to being dyed and spun. That leaves us with lanolin-rich, colorful yarns that won't dry out your hands as you crochet or knit. Our skeins are four ounces, worsted weight, about 220 yards each. They feel so scrumptious, they're like candy on your hands. Now, moving along, it's time to order your lamb and pork shares. While you can always buy our pastured and grass-fed meats by the retail cut, if you have the storage, ordering one of our whole half or quarter animal shares is still the most economical way to acquire your meat. You can learn more about CSA shares at sapbushfarmstore.com. If you don't have storage, or you have a smaller household, we are reintroducing the Sapbush Monthly Mixed Meat Shares this week. When you sign up for a monthly share for $120 per month, you get 7 to 10 pounds of mixed grass-fed and pastured meat cuts, including a roast, some breakfast meat, something for the slow cooker, and something for quick cooking. You also get a quart of bone broth and two servings of our homemade frozen heat meat cafe meals so that you don't have to cook dinner when you get home. We're hearing from our customers who trialed these shares this year that one box lasts a household of two moderate meat eaters for about a month. In my house with three farming teenagers, well, that might be able to stretch for a week. These monthly shares are designed to help smaller households or those without storage enjoy comparable savings to the whole and half animal shares. We get to select the cuts, which helps us move through our inventory at an even pace, and you get 20% savings on our products. And we promise no organ meats or weird things in the mix. If you want those, you can always order them separately at sapbushfarmstore.com. What you're getting are all first quality, easy to cook cuts like roasting chicken, stew beef, pork chops, bacon, breakfast sausage, ground lamb, hamburger, steaks, and the like. 
Sapbush Cafe remains open for outdoor dining and takeout, but uh, bring a sweater. You can find us Saturdays from 9 to 1 for breakfast and lunch, and we are expanding our grab-and-grow and pastry options if you prefer to eat in your car. The Liquor Authority is now letting us also sell wine and beer to go, so with the meats, the natural foods, the coffee, the pastries, and the home-cooked meals from the cafe kitchen and the wool and the yarns, there is plenty reason to come see us. If you're looking to stay in the B&B, we are booked for October, but we have openings for November and December. We've begun offering last-minute midweek discounts, so be sure to check Farm to Table Retreat on Airbnb frequently to catch a chance to enjoy late autumn in West Fulton at great prices. Now, to my fellow farmers, again, thanks for listening and thanks for the work you're doing. We're navigating through a lot of instability as a nation. Now, more than ever, we need each other to be there and to hold strong. We're weaving a new food system. We're trying to sow peace and sustenance amidst pain, loss, hatred, and confusion. We can get through this. We can come through this period with a healthier planet, a healthier food system, and with greater justice and kindness. But we need as many people at the table as possible to make it work. So please remember that you cannot execute your calling if you are not well. Take care of yourselves. The work we can do to build health and restore community is endless. But we can only do what the day allows. Please be kind to each other, then get some rest so you can keep going strong tomorrow. The work will always be there another day. Have a great week. This was produced and edited by the sexiest man alive, my husband, Bob Hooper, and the great music we're listening to comes to us from memory. Thanks for listening and have a great week. Now the birds are singing about all the things they've seen over in the other countries, sowing seeds and reaping dreams, and I think that I am